0: (laughs) we're back (laughs) we did a bit of a what do they call it an irish exit where you just leave the party without telling anybody that you're leaving
1: yep exactly exactly. i think that
0: might be what we did a few months ago dad
1: yeah we we might have we might have um we but we were away for a number of good reasons actually
0: a number of good reasons. So this actually would be a good time to uh, apologize to our listeners. If you're still out there for just um, sneaking out on you guys. I believe it's been my my co worker Higgy uh, informed me recently that it's been since Bristol dirt that we got together and chatted. Wow. And as as I'm saying this, I'm checking that I pressed the record button because I think we might be a little rusty when it comes <laughs> to the old podcasting game. So bear yeah, with us. Yeah. But, but no, if you um, if you can't remember who we are, maybe you're new. This is Rolling with the Punches. Welcome. Uh, I'm Jesse Punch, and I'm here with my dad, Dr. Jerry Punch. Dad, it's been so long, I don't even remember what episode number this is. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, I should have looked that up.
1: Yeah, that's okay. Well, well, in Bristol Dirt, that was this year, right? um yeah yeah i I, I don't know man i don't know i don't
0: know after this two-week break without racing everything feels like years ago quite honestly it feels like i've been so long since i've seen any on-track action
1: you know uh and you've been off uh, and we'll talk in a moment you've been off at racetracks in race cars which i can't wait to hear more about and doing stuff at the racetrack and i sort of reverted back to my old uh old days and uh when i first came into the to uh uh, out, of, out of med school and being a doctor, which was uh, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Dad. Why don't you share? You said it a second ago. We've been gone for good, very good reason. We've been incredibly busy and uh, doing some pretty exciting things. So why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to? Because you just cannot seem to sit still. Apparently. Well, I
1: live. Yeah, I, I live in Tennessee, and, um, and and Governor Bill Lee, who is the governor of Tennessee, uh, issued an executive order allowing any physicians who are licensed in any other the states. Could get a license here, a temporary license here. Uh, if you'd be involved in helping with COVID, we all need more physicians doing with COVID. This is back back last spring, so um, so I got involved with a company at uh, that that has one one uh, a part of the U- University of Tennessee Medical Center uh, North Wing uh, that was doing uh, trials, clinical trials for all four vaccines. So. Uh, I went to work there in a temporary and It was fascinating. Not only were they working with vaccines with COVID, they were doing a lot of other things, which we can talk about at a later time, but uh, work with people um, and uh, learned. I mean, my, my background was in emergency medicine, you know, in trauma, ER, and this is different. You still see a lot of patients, but you're seeing a lot of pretty, some sick people and some not so sick people. And we're doing lots of trials and lots of studies on how the vaccine affects certain people and what it does and what it doesn't do. Uh, anyway, so, uh, and then, uh, when the emergency privileges was, were, uh, were completed in May, the company asked me if I would get permanent privileges in Tennessee and come to work with them, which is what I've been doing. So I've been very busy back, um, back working with this company and doing a lot of really cool things with clinical trials on Luke Gehrig's disease, on, on end stage renal disease and, and liver failure, um, you know, how to, how to help people stop smoking. There's all kinds of different clinical trials going on that we're a part of. So, uh, um, and it's cool being back and wearing the white coat and having the scrubs and walking into a medical center. And, uh, but I will say this, I will say this, one of the best parts is the first patient I saw the first day I was there doing clinical trials, he comes in with an awesome bill from Dawsonville t-shirt on hey. and, says, <laughs> and says, I want you to tell me about bill. And uh, and I said I'll be happy to talk. I said let me do the exam, let me do the exam and get you get your get your screening done for the for the clinical trial, and he said uh, and then he wants to talk about Bill, another guy wanting Earnhardt stories and and the guy I saw this week, as a matter of fact, came in with a a, a West Virginia Mountaineer shirt on. He said, Doctor Punch, you did that West Virginia game last year during COVID, and. Uh, and uh, I said, I, I won't tell me about the Mountaineers. How they're going to be this year? So we started talking about running backs. The nurses are over there pulling their hair out. So you got to be kidding me. We've never had a patient. They're like, sir, year. we need you to actually like <laughs> administer
0: some medication. We need you to see the patients. But they think no. it's pretty
1: funny that these patients. <laughs> we can connect. We can connect with these patients uh, that are sports fans, or race fans, they are, are college football fans, and so it's sort of the best of both worlds, getting a chance to make a difference. Hopefully, uh, so that's what that's where I've been, and you you've been busy as well, Jess.
0: Well, let me say though—that's what's so funny to me because you talk about you know get putting the putting the white coat back on, putting the scrubs back on, and being at the hospital. You know, my entire life—you've I mean, always been a doctor, but you yeah. were the doctor that talked about sports my entire life. You know, <laughs> yeah, you were yeah, you were always yeah. a sportscaster, uh since I've been around. And so it's like weird to me to see you put on scrubs and go to work and be at the hospital and I'm like, wait, where where's your microphone? What are you what are you doing? Yeah, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. And it's really cool. I mean it's like you said, you stepped out uh to help during COVID, help with the whole um you know, trials of vaccines, and now you just haven't been able to stop, which has been fun. And, and you know, before we get into me, I want to say as well, uh, I, I, one, one, I almost wore my awesome bill from Dawsonville hat today, so I'm probably going to have to wear it oh, wow, next wow. week in honor of, <laughs> um, but that leads me to two points. One, you've found some pretty neat memorabilia, Speaking of awesome, Bill, you found a few million dollar bills in storage recently, which right. maybe next week or sometime in the in the next few weeks, we can do a little bit of show and tell as to what you and mom have been finding in storage. And you've been going through storage because you're moving. So if right, your backdrop right. right now looks like a hotel, that's because it is a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> and you yeah. guys have got yeah, we, a lot going on.
1: Yeah. Solar House, um, you know, because the people came and wanted to buy it and my and mom wanted to downsize since you kids have, have, uh, have, have moved away. So we agreed to do that. So in, in the meantime, we're trying to find a place to go. So we are living in a hotel room. So I may be the only homeless doctor in Tennessee right now, but uh, Hey, it's working. It works. Uh, you know, all, for 30 years, I lived in hotel rooms, as you all know, on the road doing NASCAR <laughs> and college football. So this is sort of like, you know, and things are so easy. So convenient. I can wash my hands and turn around and turn the TV on and shut the blinds all within two steps. So it's, uh, There you
0: go. Feels yeah. like home. Yeah. you wanted <laughs> to, Hey, you said you wanted to downsize. So <laughs> we did. We did. You definitely about, did that
1: <laughs> About 200 square feet area. Yeah, we got yeah. it.
0: That's about what I live in. so welcome. yeah, <laughs> yeah. welcome to my world living in yeah. an, uh, an apartment in Uptown Charlotte. Yeah. but um yeah no I I have been pretty busy as well. work work always keeps me busy, but I've got some some new work ventures coming up in the next uh, few weeks that I'm really excited about and I can finally um share them with everybody we we kind of it was always kind of on the table last year with covid and then i i'm just i i don't like to talk about things until they're confirmed you know it's one of those yeah. It'll. I don't want to jinx myself, but now that they're confirmed, I'm excited to say that I'm going to be traveling again. Uh, I'm taking on a new role with the screens team with NASCAR. So when you go to the racetrack, it'll, you'll see me. I'll be on the big screen running around doing interviews. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, my first race is in two weeks at Michigan. That'll be the first time I'm doing right. it. So if you see me and I'm a little rusty, give me a break. Okay uh and then uh i'll be at daytona too which will be really fun i'm I'm very excited to go back to daytona and i'm gonna get a chance to work uh, i believe with monica palumbo a little bit and she's somebody that i've always uh enjoyed watching so i'm really looking forward to that it's gonna be it's gonna be great but adding that into my job that i already do with international um it is it's Busy times for everybody, but I, yeah, I'm very yeah. excited to be back and have uh, a few hours here to to get this podcast in. So I yeah. missed it.
1: And Jesse, you, not only are you doing the stuff you know with your international job there at NASCAR at NASCAR at the Tower, but uh, which airs on MAV TV, uh, you went off shooting features that will start airing. And uh, in <laughs> fact, you were in. I mean, before we do that, you're you're actually going to be at the Madhouse coming up That's right, right. Ooh, Saturday the night this, this weekend. Saturday
0: night all right y'all I know we have a double header on Saturday at Watkins Glen but once you finish watching that head over to, to Bowman Gray because it's going to be an awesome night of racing at Bowman Gray and we are also airing it on track pass so if you can't make it out to the Madhouse you can tune in on NBC Sports track pass um, I'm going to be calling the races and doing victory lane interviews again with uh, my buddy Matt Dillner, you probably know Matt from Dirty Mo Media. He's a producer over at Dirty Mo and then he also co Fabulous
1: Matt is a great Matt guy. Matt is, wonderful. is you, He's wonderful. I'm sure
0: you know him from Lost Speedways yeah. if you yeah. watch that. I mean that's an oh, awesome great program. Show, if you don't yeah. watch it, you should. So uh, I'm excited. We did this a few months ago, and um, this will be our, our second broadcast of Bowman Gray this season, and I always love any opportunity to go watch the racing and the and the fan interaction at Bowman Gray, because that is always entertaining. Um, it's been busy, and you said it. I drove, I, well, drove. I didn't drive it. That would have been bad. Cass is like, no, you did not. Uh, yeah. I rode Thank, in a race thankfully car. Thankfully, Cass is
1: smart enough to yeah. let you drive, but that's a, so you were in a race car this past weekend.
0: I was. I was in a race car uh, on Friday. We shot an awesome feature. We were up at VIR, Virginia International Raceway with Kaz Kerala and his dad and his company Fury Race, race Cars. They uh, were so kind to take us up there for the test day and they have a two-seater so we were able to take rides while Kaz drove us around the road course and just kind of taught us about road course racing and and that thing tops about 170 uh, on the straightaways there so that was wow, quite the day. It was very wow. fun. And yeah, Cass is pretty
1: good come. on a road course. I think Richard Gilbert yeah, found right. that out at he's Daytona. Okay. Yeah, yeah, last yeah. year, went, Yeah. seven for Which, Austin Dillon.
0: I do. Uh, I give him a hard time because he is very great on on road courses, and he he does a little bit of um, coaching here and there and helping people out with with understanding how to take on road courses. But anytime you call him a road course specialist, he shuts that down real fast. He's really? like, "I can drive everything," you know. He's like, "Don't yeah. do yeah. pigeonhole me." Yeah. So exactly, exactly. Um, but no, it was very kind of them to uh, take us up there for the day and, and teach us a thing or two. And he, uh, Kaz was such a trooper. He gave every single person in my crew a ride. It was like 107 degrees out that day. I mean, it just all day long. Your
1: producer Morgan got in the track. car? She got in the car?
0: Morgan got in the car, but all my producers, my executive producer got in the car. The camera wow. guys were in the car. Everybody got in the car. So it, well, was, good. it awesome. was a good, it was yeah. a good day. Yeah, it was a lot good. of i'm glad um, yeah you can catch that uh that feature will air next week on next week's episode of the pace lap and then i believe it might air uh on the screens show at the racetrack as well before the charlotte roval so
1: okay okay yeah and what's what's the one you did at watkins Glen that's going to air pretty soon because Watkins Mm. Glen's coming up this (laughs) week this week right
0: that one i did drive which was so slightly more, oh, wow. uh, I don't know which oh. one's scarier going 170, uh, in a two seater or letting me drive a, a pace car. But, um, that one will air this Friday. We did that two years ago because we didn't race at Watkins Glen, you know, last year with the, the,
1: who was the brave the individual who rode with you in the pace car. Ugh
0: god bless him it was justin haley <laughs> poor kid didn't know what he was uh, getting himself into when he agreed to doing that shoot but that one was fun he actually we drove around the original street course in downtown watkins Glen. right in the town justin drove me around the street course and we talked about the history and just what it would have been like to to actually compete through the mapped out streets of Watkins Glen and then we headed over to the racetrack and I hopped in the pace car and he kind of coached me through driving around the actual uh road course that we run now so you can catch that one this weekend and again you can catch that at the racetrack if you're there um that one was really fun though that was you know what dad though they have not let me drive on a racetrack since that feature, and I yeah. like to think it's because of the pandemic, you know, we just really yeah, haven't yeah, had a chance, exactly. uh, but I'm starting to get concerned, so hopefully, yeah. or, uh, or Justin you know. may
1: have gone to NASCAR and say, whatever you do,
0: <laughs> 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 Justin her... left, left the shoot and went right over to the uh, NASCAR, yeah, holler NASCAR and said, yeah, yeah we exactly. need to talk,
1: so, yeah, can we have, we have a chat, is this Jesse Punch, yeah, let me, she... <laughs> she's yeah, a talker. Not a, card. she's a talker not a driver <laughs>
0: yeah. I know I was noticing there were many times during the feature I talk with my hands I'm trying not to do so today because of my microphone but uh, there was a lot of times I didn't have very many hands on the wheels so that 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 was a slightly oh, that, that had to
1: make him feel really good yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: that was a, a hindsights 2020 kind of thing but yeah But, you know, enough about us. That's just uh, what we've been up to. I wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer as to why you guys haven't haven't seen or heard from us in a few months. But we are so, so happy to be back. And we have so much to unpack since we've been gone so why not uh get into it there's been a lot of stuff going on uh since we talked last dad let's just start generally I want to talk about Kyle Larson because I know he was obviously having a stellar season uh early on but in the past few months I mean it has been just absolute dominance from Kyle Larson and then all the Hendrick guys over there so uh talk about a comeback honestly yeah
1: wow exactly I mean and Kyle Larson I mean we knew he was talented when he came into the sport you know and and uh as a rookie driver, finishing, what, fourth at Watkins Glen, all the things he did, and but just didn't know how much, how much talent he really had. And quite honestly, in fairness to Kyle, in my opinion, and I was riding when he was just a kid, just coming in, I think he needed to mature a little bit in a lot of ways, which I think his time away, we've discussed that many times, his time okay. away helped him mature as a, as a person and as a driver, and now he's roared back, and boy, what a difference. But anything he climbs in, obviously, he's done really well, this year with his four wins in the cup car for Hendrick. Uh, but, and Rick Hendrick now sponsors him away from NASCAR. So if he mm-hmm. climbs in a midget or a sprint car, hey, last weekend, I think it was last weekend, everyone else is off. He goes in, and wins a $50,000 dirt late model race. I mean, I don't the think he'd dirt, ever.
0: Yeah. Very dirt classic. Yeah. It's a crown jewel for the late models. Yeah, yeah and, win. and
1: I, I yeah. don't think he'd ever run a, a, that event before ever. And no. so he jumps in a mm-hmm. car and wins it. So, I mean, I mean, he is just, he's, he's one of those, um, I was talking to some people yesterday that are a that are long-time – one, a sprint car owner that lives in Tennessee here, and he and I had lunch, and he was talking about – um that you know that the the guy when he goes to a sprint car race the guys around there talk about how kyle larson is one of those generational talents guys you see once in a generation uh that can just get in anything like like in the old days with aj foyd or mario or parnelli they could climb in anything open wheel or or they could put him in a stock car in daytona and they could win well that's kyle larson i mean what an incredible talent
0: Absolutely. You know, and and I think that's one of the reasons why I do really respect Kyle and what he does on the racetrack is because it's like you said, any opportunity he has to be behind the wheel of a race car, any kind of race car, he takes that opportunity and he gives it his all, which is, which is really neat. And, you know, on that note, it wouldn't be fair not to mention a few other guys that spent their off weeks uh, racing, uh, one of them being who we just talked about a second ago. I know Justin Haley was doing some dirt racing, I believe in the off time, but uh, speaking of Hendrick guys, Alex Bowman picked up a new hobby in sprint car racing. And I thought it was so funny because he takes to Twitter and after his first run and he gets on Twitter and he says, sprint car racing is really hard <laughs> <You know? laughs> he said wow <laughs> and i just note to self <laughs> yeah exactly it's like i don't think he expected to go in there and find it to be easy but yeah, i think it might have yeah. been a little more difficult than he uh, anticipated which goes back to uh you know proving exactly what it is that kyle larson's doing uh when he's finding such dominance in every type of series that he runs so yeah, a stellar season from Kyle. I'm really anxious to see what he does as the playoffs are approaching. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be fun, fun to watch. Yeah,
1: it, it's interesting. A couple, a few years ago, just a few years ago, the the Cup Series owners would not let their drivers run uh, short track events because of the fear for fear that they would get hurt, not be available on a Sunday in a Cup race. And they have so much, you know, at, at riding on it, not only the points in the championship, but sponsorship commitments, etc. But remember, I think it was in Indianapolis a few years ago that Chip Ganassi had told Kyle that he wasn't letting him run at IRP or, or an event at IRP, and it was a huge backlash on social media. And Chip said, okay, if it's, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the bad guy here, and but I'm just trying to protect our driver and our franchise, you know, for our cup team, but go race. And from that point on, obviously, you know, Chip's a lot of race, and Rick Hendricks a lot of race. All these guys, a lot of these guys are running around, around the country and do other events even non NASCAR events. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think if, if anything, it's helped with the NASCAR cup exposure, but then these guys going and doing that.
0: Oh yeah. And like you said, not only letting them, granting them permission to do it, but, but funding them with yeah. their own companies. I mean, that's huge. That says something. Hey, you know, speaking of Chip Ganassi, since we've been gone big news yeah. regarding that guy and that team, uh, this will be his last season. With his yeah. Chip Ganassi racing team, uh, with his NASCAR operation, the track house racing officially bought that charter. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the uh, press conference at the announcement over at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Dad, what are your thoughts on that? That's huge.
1: Well, it is. It is. But, you know, and in, in, in timing is everything. And Chip Ganassi a smart man. And uh, and I've been around Chip a long time and IndyCar side and stock car NASCAR side and I loved love the guy I really loved his dad Floyd, who was just one of my favorite people to be around the garage area. But, uh, you know, Chip told us one. I was sitting with Chip and, and Rusty Wallace in a, in a restaurant one time and, a, and Chip was talking about his involvement in sports and Chip said, you know, and I, I had gone and done a feature that week with Roger Penske. And I'd done one the week before. Rick Hendrick and, and Chip says to me, Doc, the difference between those guys you just talked to, Roger Penske and, and Rick Hendrick, and me, is that those guys have big companies and big businesses that support their racing. Their racing is sort of supported by their business. He said, sure. "My business is racing." He said, "So I have to make the racing work." He said, "Sponsorship, and that is all important. That's how. If we're not, we don't make it work through sponsorship and, and a business model. Uh, then, then I don't have." A, Car dealerships to fall back on, or Detroit Diesel, or whatever, like Roger Penske has. I have to make this work. So, with that in mind, I think that's why you saw Chip cut back uh, the number of cars in his fleet on both NASCAR and IndyCar. Um, and, uh, and then now looking at 2022, uh, with a next gen car looking at making an investment, it's a significant investment, but in the long term, it's going to save them money and NASCAR is doing it for that reason, but Chip says, okay, maybe, maybe it is a time to get out. And we've got people like Justin Marks and, and Pitbull coming in that are excited about being owners. They want those, 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 you know, those franchise Te- you know be able to get the cars the charters i should say um and chip has them and he said went to chip and said hey what would you think about you know selling and chip said well i can either invest this amount of money in it to upgrade my my equipment all of which is going to be obsolete in a couple few months to so sure. new stuff or i can bow out and let you guys come in and 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 build build from what we've started which is what he did you know and that's i don't think chip's going away i think." It'll be sort of like Felix Sabates years ago. I think Chip will still be around. Who knows if he may get back in eventually as a part owner with somebody? Uh, I think he'll still stay in open wheel racing and road racing. His passion is motorsports, uh, mm-hmm. and I think as long as he's healthy, he'll be around. But it's cool that Pitbull and Justin Marks want to come in, and you know, and Daniel Suarez has got to be thrilled that they're going to be having have those those charters. And of course, Ross Chastain just named absolutely uh, as their as their second driver who will drive the number one car. Um, yeah. So,
0: and interestingly uh, enough, I know, I don't know if you saw this on social media, Dad, but they made that announcement on National Watermelon Day. So the watermelon wow. man got to make that announcement on National Watermelon Day. I believe they got there and <laughs> said, uh, happy Watermelon Day, everyone. And everybody kind of looked at each other like, what are you <laughs> talking about? <laughs> Which I yeah. thought was great. Yeah. But, you know, this whole... This whole business deal though, from my understanding and what they talked about at the press conference was that, you know, Chip, obviously there's so many changes going into next season with the uh, implementation of the next gen car. So the idea of, of what's next is, is on everybody's mind, not just Chip Ganassi in, in, in wondering whether or not he wants to sell the team. Cause from my understanding was that it really wasn't on the, the idea of selling the team wasn't out there Right until Justin Marks came to him about three months prior to the announcement, so that happened pretty quickly. But uh, it's like you said, it's not surprising knowing how much is changing next season. And um, you, you know, you mentioned Felix Savates. I, I talked to. Uh, I, I go back and forth. I always want to call him Mister Ganassi, and he always looks at me like I'm insane. He's like, please call me Chip, but like I just can't do it for the life of me. But I talked to him uh, after the press conference, and he said having those conversations with Justin reminded him so much of talking to a young Felix Sabatis and he said that makes me feel good about who is taking over Uh, you know my my legacy is in is in good hands and he did say you know I want him to build a legacy of his own but when it comes to passing the torch I know I'm passing it on to good people and I thought that was really interesting I mean talk about a compliment right there if I'm Justin Marks and I get compared to to Felix Sabatis by Mr. Chip Ganassi that's a good feeling
1: Felix Felix is like the Cuban Energizer Bunny. I mean, he, he's, he's you know he's so much emotion, so much energy, and that's what and that and that relationship that he had with you know with Chip going in and buying buying Felix's team and keeping Felix on as an associate. But that's pretty cool because you, you see Justin Marks and you're excited for Trackhouse and Pitbull. How exciting and how he's embraced the entire NASCAR culture which has been huge for NASCAR uh, and then and then you realize okay they want to and that and that's and that whole team and they want to help Daniel Suarez who we know this young man's got talent and what he did in Mexico uh, and when he first came to run some of the Xfinity races how talented he was he just had good equipment and then and then Ross Chastain I mean hey you know um, you know maybe you know maybe it's a uh, maybe it's an omen, or or, or maybe it's an omelon or something like that. But it's a, you know, <laughs> for him. It,
0: How do you guys miss the dad jokes? Because they're back in full force.
1: <laughs> of course, but it, you know, I, I'm excited uh, for this whole team. I'm excited for what lies ahead for that team, and and uh, and and you know, and in the energy those guys bring to the sport as as owners. You know they're mm-hmm. so. I think that's that's pretty. I mean they're, they're one of what three teams, three new teams in the in the sport this year, and so uh, and 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 they're building. They're getting bigger very quickly.
0: Absolutely. And, and what's interesting too. I was, I was live on TikTok last night, which I know probably sounds like a foreign language to you, dad. Uh, but people were, you know, bringing up the, about the success of track house this year. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, you look at teams like 23 11 racing that obviously had so much publicity and so much anticipation right. as to what they were going to do with Michael Jordan and what Denny Hamlin was going to bring to this team. And obviously you've got a name like bubble Wallace out there to help you, you know, with your franchise. Well, I think track house as far as performance goes has come in and shown that they are probably the best performing new team this season. And that's with, you know, geez, can you hear the cars outside? I think someone's, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, someone's yeah. doing burnouts there uh, on yeah, the interstate. Exactly. But- But no, I just think uh, we've already seen, you know, uh, such an impressive 2021 season, uh, initial season from Trackhouse. And now you have everything that they're taking in with the Ganassi uh, Charter, bringing on Ross Chastain, who's proven, especially in previous weeks, his consistency. He's showing himself there in the Cup Series. I think it's going to be a good 2022 uh, for Trackhouse Racing, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you know, and we could talk about, yeah, the expansion at twenty, you know, twenty three eleven. What could happen there? Um, a lot of rumors know,
0: there. A lot mm-hmm. of
1: rumors there. And you remember now with with the one car going to Chastain. Where does Kurt Busch go? By the way, it's, right. it's Kurt. Kurt Busch turned forty three this week. He's his oh, 33rd birthday. birthday so happy birthday to Kurt, the two thousand four NASCAR. Uh, back then, it was called the Nextel Cup Champ. He was the Nextel <laughs> Cup Champ in two thousand four. So, uh, but where does he go? And some people said, you know what? Uh, you know, Kurt's pretty good at mentoring young drivers. Maybe if he were to go to 2311 and be a nice little mentor um, to Bubba, that would help a lot in terms of some leadership there. Who knows? I mean, of course, uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of other drivers out there too that are looking that are well qualified and deserving of of, of being in a Cup ride at 22.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, briefly, speaking of Kurt, can we talk briefly about his win in Atlanta? Because oh. that was such a feel-good win. That victory, that that start-finish line interview, he gets out of the car, he says, we beat Kyle! You know, and I just, <laughs> yeah. I just loved yeah. it. And yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, because there's been so many rumors, like you said, about what's Kurt going to do next year. And, right, and as right. much as he is a great mentor, he's great in the broadcast booth. He um, he's a great on the business side of of. Things. I mean what where's he gonna go he has a lot of options and he gets out of the car and he's you know the fans oh my gosh the fans it was unreal hearing the roar from the stands and he says you know you guys want to see me back next year and it's like I just don't see him stepping away right now but where right. does he go so I think yeah. you know the question of is he going to be out of a race car. That's not what he want. Where he wants to be, he wants to continue racing. So that kind of squashed that that rumor a little bit after right, that right. Atlanta win.
1: And, and and this and like you said, the raw emotion. I love seeing that. You know, he's forty two years old. He's won before. He thirty two previous wins before that one, and and to have that kind of raw emotion because at, at that age. You don't know if you're gonna ever win another one. Remember Jimmy Johnson right. keep thinking about, you know, hey, he won all these races and suddenly the wind stop. Uh, so you better celebrate when you can. So that was a great win. You know, and it was I mean, the last two races we've seen and before the two week layoff were a surprise. I mean, deserving but surprise mm-hmm. winners with Kurt Busch at Atlanta, and how about Eric Almirola at New Hampshire?
0: Oh my! Um, I gosh. mean, he,
1: he didn't back it. I mean, he he earned that. I mean, the, and maybe that's and maybe maybe that's an omen too because we saw the Ford teams really step up and run well. They dominated the front, the top five at New Hampshire, uh, and Harvick was there as a one. But but for Eric Almirola. To, to get that win there. That's pretty cool. He becomes a 13th different winner in Cup thus far this year. So, uh, those last two races, if we if that continues, this we can really see some new names in victory lane in the next few weeks. But those guys, Kurt Busch and and uh, and Eric Almarola, so cool to become the 12th and 13th different winner.
0: You know, Dad, I want to talk about another big announcement, though, that we saw uh, since we've been gone is Kislowski yeah. taking on. We talk about Kurt, you know, being so great on the business side, and what's he going to do next? Well, Brad kislowski while still driving is already thinking about his future and in, in the business side of things. And he's moving over to Roush Finway. He's taking over that six car next season and not only taking over the six car as the driver he's going to take on a, a leadership role within the team and also is now a part owner of wow. Roush Finway. So there's a lot to unpack there because we heard Jack Roush talk about um, his thought process being the future of the team and wanting to build a steady pro, um progression here of, right, of right. people to run his operation and then on keselowski's side he's already thinking about he's not thinking about stepping away from racing but he already recognizes that when his time does come that he's not able to drive anymore He wants to continue to make an impact on the sport. So that was a very interesting move. And I was, again, fortunate enough to be at that press conference. And I just kept thinking while I was sitting there, like this is really, this is big. I mean, we all know it's big, but I just, this is gonna be one of those moments that five, 10 years from now, when we see what they're what Brad Keselowski is able to do as a part, as an owner of a race team, of a cup team, it's going to be, we're going to look back on that press conference and think, wow, this was really the start of something big for Roush Fenway.
1: Brad, Brad, Brad is a very intelligent, very cerebral individual. And sometimes when these guys get in race cars and put helmets on, you don't realize how smart they really are until they get out. I mean, he's, he reminds me his street wise, his street sense, his business savvy reminds me a little bit of Dale Earnhardt senior because Brad, Brad, Brad grew up in the sport. And, you know, grew up around a, his father, Bob Keselowski, and his uncle, Ron Keselowski, who had the ARCA team. So, Brad was a little guy running around the pits r- watching these guys, you know, you know, re- repurpose parts to be able to save money, money they didn't have to be able to race. So, he knows he's seen it from the ground floor. And now he gets a chance, and then he's gone all the way through through the ranks, working on his own car, laying under his car at Bristol, until some guy walks by like Del, a kid named Dale Earnhardt Jr., and looks at her and says, what are you doing under that car? He said, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm it. I'm the crew guy. And then Dale Earnhardt Jr. offers him a ride, and his, his career takes off, and he ends up with Penske, so you can't get much more in terms of the top of the line than, than a Roger Penske slash Hendrick kind of ride. So now he goes over to Roush Fenway. Uh, timing is everything. I, I'm a Jack Roush fan, and growing up in, in racing, I, I always believed that anytime Jack Roush brought a car to a racetrack, it should be a contender to win. It has hurt me deeply the last few years to see Jack Roush's cars and the Roush Fenway team go to a racetrack and really not have much of a shot to win, if if even running up front. And I know people have worked really hard. Steve Newmark, who's a friend of mine over there, president of of Roush Fenway, he's done everything. He's changed everything but the, the color of the bathroom walls there, trying to find a way to get Jack Roush's teams back where they need to be. But it just hasn't worked. And so maybe the Brad Keslowski move there, the ownership move, the leadership move, because Brad isn't going to want to go there and run in the back of the pack. I think no. he's going to, that's going to be a shot in the arm for, for Jack Roush. It's going to be I hope it's going to be great for Jack Roush to put the Roush Fenway teams back where you're competitive every week and you're running up front and you have a chance to win. And, and also the fact that, that you know, you're, he's going to go there and drive, so he's not going to want to run in the back. And may- maybe it's the Tony Stewart effect. Remember Stewart went to went to the Haas team mm-hmm. and Gene Haas, you know, had had the wherewithal, but Tony brought the savvy, brought the driver savvy. And I got to believe that Brad's going to go there. There'll be some personnel changes. Uh, they're going to need to make some changes, and Brad's going to want to bring in people that are accustomed to winning and are accustomed to running up front and to change the culture a little bit. And they got good people at Rochefin. I'm not saying they're going to go in and clean house, but they, they have some good people there. But Brad's going to go in and be able to pick and choose, and I think that's going to make a difference. And like you said, Jesse, uh, years from now, Uh, we're going to look back and say, wow, that was a huge announcement because Rice Fenway was sort of an afterthought, and now they're a title contender every single week. And by the way, leaving the two-car started a whole chain reaction in terms of driver seats opening up.
0: Oh my gosh, there's so, so much we could talk about when it comes to, to silly season and, and potential there. And I mean, and throwing Ryan Newman's name into the hat, what does that look like for him next yeah, year yeah. now with Brad taking over the six car. But yeah, I thought, you know, going back to what you said to Brad, he he made a comment. I wish I had my notes in front of me. I should have brought him, but, um, you know, he, he made some comments about, he understands the expectations that will be put on him in making this move and he welcomes them exciting nice. in, in an excited way. You know, he welcomes them and, and he also really says, said, in other words, um, failure isn't an option. He said, right. I know what right. I want to do with this team uh, as myself as a driver and in the long run, and not reaching those goals is not an option in his mind. And if yeah. that doesn't get you fired up, then I don't know what does. Because, I, I, tell I mean, you what, it just
1: – If I was a car owner, I, that Brad is exactly the guy I would want in my team. He will be in the car driving. He will be under the car with the crew chiefs. He will be around the car, around the sponsors. He will do it all, whatever it takes to win
0: hmm. No doubt. Uh, briefly, though, before we get into some silly season chat, because that that's just going to spiral. I know it will. We have. So many questions there, Uh, but I want to mention too, you know, we talked about Kurt Busch a little bit. We got to talk about Kyle Busch. Um, He's obviously, you know, we all know what he's been doing on the track when it comes to the cup side, but I want to mention his Xfinity series run. He finally got that 100th win in the Xfinity series. I believe he's at 102 now uh, because he was finishing out his um, obligations that he'd already committed to in running this season. But he had said, Mm -hmm. after I get that 100th win, I'm not running in the series anymore. And we'll see if he, he stuck to that. He stuck to that that statement even after he got the 100th win. I always question if he'd be like, well, I, I know we said that, but... Um, mm, right, so right. I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's interesting to think about Kyle Busch's time in the series coming to an end. And I know that a lot of uh, fans I'm sure have difference of opinions there because personally, anytime I talk to Xfinity Series drivers about racing against Kyle Busch, they tell me that as, as frustrating as it is, I get an opportunity to run, essentially put my skills to the test against one of the greatest drivers of this generation. And it, that kind of opportunity yeah. is so valuable. How can you be, be frustrated about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in, back in my era, I saw the same thing where these guys, these young guys coming along or racing against Darrell waltrop and Darrell Waltrip, who was uh, running Junior Johnson's car on Sundays and winning cup races, and he'd go run the, what was then called the Sportsman Series and then became the, the Bush Series, uh, they raced against him and uh, run door-to-door. And if you can run door-to-door with Darrell Waltrip on Saturday, what mean what, what, why couldn't you run it on, do it on Sundays? So it gave some of these guys a chance to get in some rides uh, and, and run the Sundays. And Dale Earnhardt, you know, they said we can ra- race door-to-door with Dale Earnhardt. And, they, and some of these guys, the Jack Ingrams and Sam Ards back in those days, and uh, the Bob Presleys and Butch Lindley's, those guys that were the short track short track superstars, and the Harry Gantz, you know Tommy Houston, they could beat Dale Earnhardt on short tracks, and they could, but they you know they didn't have they, they couldn't quite get it done sometimes on the speedways, but still you know that says a lot uh, to run against a legend, run against a guy you know is going to be one of the greatest all-time drivers in the sport, which is what these guys are saying about Kyle. And mm-hmm. but I understand, I understand that you know Kyle gets in that gets in the car, gets in, that, and it's just like. Someone explained, asked me, so what's what's it like for Kyle to go back and run the Xfinity series? And I said, Well, think about it this way. Think about like some look look at one of the all-time great quarterbacks. Take Peyton Manning, for example. Okay, Peyton Manning is winning a Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos. What hap- what would happen if it, they allowed allowed Peyton to come back and quarterback Tennessee, the Tennessee volunteers on Saturday? You know, and then quarterback the Broncos on Sunday. You know, would that be fair? Two things would happen. First of all, it would be an unfair advantage for Tennessee to have someone with that savvy and that experience, you know, going out there just picking some defense apart. Secondly, it wouldn't allow Tennessee to develop a young quarterback. That they w- they wouldn't need anybody but him, and the young guys wouldn't get developed, wouldn't get the opportunity. So that's sort of what's happened. Maybe in Xfinity, you know, you know, Kyle's the best. And and if I'm a fan, I want to see Kyle on the track in everything, anything that rolls. Sure. I want to see Kyle in that race because I want to watch his skill level. I want to watch guys try to beat him. Um, but I see, I also see what it is. You know, he's 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 in those some of those series with his equipment and his talent. He's unbeatable. So, you know, he's nothing else to prove. You know, now just go off and and own the car and, um, and win more races as a car owner and then win races as a, as a cup series driver and maybe championships.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, and you, you make that mention of, of not being able to, uh, develop young talent. And I think in, in the racing world and what we're looking at right now, that young talent, when it comes to the, uh, uh, Joe Gibbs side of, of things with the Xfinity side, you've got guys like Ty Gibbs, coming right, up through right. the ranks actively proving he's got two Xfinity series wins already, and he's not even running full-time in that series yet. So that opens up that 54 car there that, that, that Kyle's been running. Does it go to a guy like Ty Gibbs? Well, now there's also a 20 car available right, with Harrison right. Burton making the move up to the cup series. So does Ty Gibbs go, go to the 20? I, they, let's, I mean, the silly season right. picture yeah. is just starting to really – uh, open up and it's getting incredibly interesting. So I mentioned Harrison Burton, let's, let's just start there. Big announcement with Austin Cindric and Harrison Burton because this entire time we've been under the impression that Austin Cindric was gonna take over that 21 car for Wood Brothers Racing in 2022, uh, putting Matt Benedetto on the market. Well, now we've we've learned that Cindric is gonna take over the two car for Kislowski and Harrison Burton is going to make the jump up to the Cup Series and take over that 21 car. A lot of questions there. Dad, is Harrison Burton moving up too quickly?
1: Um, you know, I, I, you know, there are people who may believe that. There are people. Um, but I, I tend to, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you the Kyle Petty line. Um, if you want to be a Cup Series driver, you need to be in Cup. And that's and that's about as deep as Kyle gets. And I and I, I like that. That's 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 simple, you know. And I, and I remember. Not wrong. When, yeah. You know,
0: hey, you gotta get you, there. If,
1: if you want to be a cup series driver, you need to go run cup. And so yeah. uh I think you know, Harrison Burton didn't hasn't had the hasn't had the gear he wanted this year in Xfinity. He had he did last year, he had some wins and showed a lot of talent. But you put him in I mean, but here's a kid whose mom and dad grew up in South Boston, Virginia. Now he grew up in Charlotte, right outside of Charlotte. Uh so but if you grew up in virginia the wood brothers are like they are they are gods i mean glenn and leonard wood i mean i grew up in north carolina and I've, I've worshiped the wood brothers first time i had them and their wives in my house in florida i was just blown away that the wood brothers were sitting in my living room you know right, i lived right across the street from they told the international speedway And so here they are uh in my living room and and <laughs> wonderful people the whole family and then Lynn and eddie were there everybody and then you think about now Harrison Burton is driving for that legendary team. Uh, that's got to, that's got to, and you know what? They're, right now, the, the Wood Brothers are stuck on 99 wins. And mm-hmm. uh, how about if this kid, I mean, they may get one point of the year is out. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I think they will, quite honestly. I, and I have a prediction. Uh, but, yeah. but I, 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 um, you know, how cool would it be for this kid from whose parents grew up in Virginia to be able to get in that 21 car, and the, and the names are, I mean, the list of names forever, the Kel Yarber's and the, and the Mario Andretti's and A.J. Foyt's, all the guys over the years that have driven that car, you know, David Pearson, et cetera, Neil Bond, and on and on and on, you know, and to get in that car and drive it. Um, and, then, and then Austin Sendrick Gets a chance to go win what what has been the house car for Penske Racing. Mm-hmm. He gets to go in and, mm-hmm. and 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 now he will he will be the new kid on the block there, and so um, you know he will lean a lot on Joey Logano. But Austin is Austin is no slouch. He's got some. He'll have a a learning curve, but he's also pr- already proven he can he can hold his own on on the road courses uh, right. with the Cup Series guys. So you know that's. Uh, you know that's yeah, he's had cool. a
0: decent amount of experience this season in in the cup series which i think has been good uh for him and right. for us as race fans to see that he I mean we Here's the thing. I don't really know that anyone's questioning whether or not Austin Sendrick is going to be able to be competitive in the Cup Series in the next couple of years. Uh, But having the opportunity to get out there and actually prove um, on the racetrack that he will be um, just solidifies the move of putting him in that two car. Um, I think that's a great move. But, you know, going back to Harrison, a couple things. One, I thought it was very funny because when the announcement was made, Harrison said, this is a childhood dream come true. And it's just like you said, I mean, this is when you get to add your name to the list of Wood Brothers drivers, that is just, I can't even imagine that feeling, but it also made me laugh because this is a kid that's what, barely 20. And he said, this is a childhood dream come true. You're still living your childhood, bud, and your dreams are coming (laughs) true. So like your future is looking really bright, you know? Yeah,
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Put those Lincoln logs away. It's time to get in the car. Yeah, it's. Right? Uh, I, I, heard, you know, I heard. Yeah, I heard Dave Moody asked. I heard Dave Moody. I think he had. He had. Uh uh yeah Jeff Burton on. I think it was Dave and, and had Jeff Burton on asking me he said, Hey, uh the boy's going to run full time in Cup. That means you gotta you don't have an eighteen or nineteen year old kid anymore out there to mow the yard. You gotta have to hire somebody out <laughs> to mow the yard now. He's gonna be gone. And Jeff Burton said, You think that kid ever touched a lawnmower? Are you kidding me? Yeah, exactly. Have your eighteen your, have your eighteen or nineteen year old kids ever pushed a lawnmower? And he said, and Jeff Burton said, I'm the kid at the age of twelve who went and drained all the oil out of our lawnmower, cranked it up and burnt the engine up so I wouldn't have to mow. He said, that's, that's who I was. He said, so yeah. Yeah, work smarter, not harder, huh? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's so funny. But you know, you, you do, you mentioned that, that 100th win for Wood Brothers. I'm going to be honest, dad, I got to say it. I would love to see Matty D get that before the season ends yeah, for a couple yeah. reasons. Matt Benedetto, we, we haven't even talked about it. Fan yeah. vote for the all-star race. There's no right. denying what he brings to the sport when it comes to personality. Uh, just everything about him is likable. Um, and And I want to see him be successful and I want to see him have an opportunity next season because right now, when you look at the the open rides there really isn't anything for him at least on the cup side there's maybe potential for him to move back down and run right, and swing, right but i have to believe it's almost like kurt getting that win at atlanta and kind of giving that extra umph when it comes to uh thinking about him as a contender for for uh, an opportunity in 2022 same thing with de benedetto for him to get that 100th yeah. win you have to believe that would put him back in the forefront of contend when it comes to team owners uh, who they're thinking about.
1: And what a great story would that be. I mean, I agree with you. I love Matty D and, and all that he's been through. He's been such a great team player. Um, and Roger Penske, and I love – and give Roger Penske a pat on the back because last year he could have pulled Matty D out of the 21 car and put Cedric in it. And he told Cedric, he said, look, son, bide your time. I want you to go back and run the Xfinity again because Matty D deserves to go back in that car, And the Wood Brothers. Mm-hmm. And he did. He put him back in the car. And 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 it, it, it would be great for Maddie, It would be great for the Wood Brothers. And just consider this now. Consider the last two last few races we've had surprise winners in Cup you know, with Kurt Busch at Atlanta and Eric Al- Merle at, at New Hampshire. The next four races, three of the next four races really are wild card races. because Anybody can win on a road course and we're at Watkins oh, Glen yeah. and you're in Indianapolis. Matty D is a very good road racer, a very, very good road racer. So um, Watkins Glen, maybe Indianapolis. How about the Brickyard? Would that be cool? Uh, and then Daytona. You know Matty D and that Wood Brothers team. Hey, have you ever heard of Trevor Bayne? Yeah, those guys are good at Daytona. So, uh, We've already so seen
0: an unexpected winner at Daytona this year and yeah. Michael McDowell, who's good exactly. friends with Matty D. So talk exactly. about a storyline there if he could go pull one off in uh, the first round or the first race, sure. essentially, of the, of the playoffs. But yeah, I'm with you there. I think he it's such a it's such a well-deserved person Um, and he does have so much more to prove on the racetrack so i do hope he gets an opportunity next season but he's another one right now on the market there's so many guys on the market there's so many um, impressive talents moving up in the xfinity series and so few open rides where is everybody supposed to go
1: yeah it's musical chairs you know it's musical chairs and if you ever played musical chairs you know that when the music stops there's always more people standing than there are seats that's unfortunately how NASCAR is in silly season right now. You got all these people, as you mentioned, Ryan Newman. I'm a Ryan Newman fan. I love how aggressive. I don't Same. care if, he, if he's one lap down, lead lap, two laps down. He's the hardest guy on the track to pass because he mm-hmm. drives every. He, he he drives 11 tenths every lap, and he's out there. You mentioned Matty D's out there. Kurt Bush is out there. What about John Hunter Nemechek? I mean, you know, he's. You know, what would what would happen if he'd get an offer? Where would he go? I mean, oh yeah, uh, it, it's it's just, um, and. And and then again, I mean, it's so there are. It seems like there are more more owners coming on board, more teams. Is that going to happen? Uh, is 2022 the next gen car going to be another opportunity for people to come and invest in the sport and uh, and, and have more of those good cars? We've certainly got some good drivers out there. Um, so I think that's uh, you know, that it, it, you're, it's sad to me to think that Matty D, you know, uh, might not have a Cup Series ride in, in 22 to start the year. Uh, sure. But I also believe. You know, how cool would it be? Gosh, can you imagine the celebration that he would have and the Woodbuzz would have oh. if he were to win, win one of these races and get them their 100th victory? Wow. I'll
0: tell you this. We've seen Matty D come close a few times last season and, and watching him run second to Denny Hamlin at Bristol, I'll never forget that. The emotion that came from him finishing second and almost pulling it off. Right. If I right. know how much I felt that. So I just can't even yeah. imagine how much I will – and the rest of the fans will feel him if he can actually uh, be able to pull one off this year. It would just be phenomenal. And but the, fans you... in the,
1: the fans in the stands that stood and screamed when he was being interviewed <laughs> because they were so excited for him, you know, and, 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 the, you, know, and the, you know, just but when he was being interviewed because they, you're, you're, you, right. love the, you love the underdog story. You know, you oh, love yeah. the David versus Goliath kind of story.
0: And I said it earlier, he won the fan vote for the all-star race this year. There's no denying that he is a fan, literally a fan favorite. So uh, I'm interested to see, you know, what the future has in store for him. You said it too. Another one, Kurt Busch. What's, what's it looking like there? He could be the second car at 2311. Does Bubba Wallace stay at 2311? He's obviously their, their guy. They've built this franchise around him as their driver, but he's not doing much for him on the racetrack and Denny Hamlin, likes to win races. I know we haven't seen yeah. it from him this year, from his own 11 car, but that's another story. But as, as an owner, I have to believe that at some point, Denny's going to say, look, we got to start, we got to start, if we're not winning races, we need to be in contention to be winning races. So well, I don't we, know what that and, picture looks and like. And in
1: fairness to Bubba, is that is it Bubba or is it a startup team? I mean, I know they've got That's Joe Gibbs up and they got in, they got good engines, but is it a startup team? They got they got great crews and crew chief, crew chief there. So they got a lot of lot of talent, a lot of experience. But one way to know if it's if it is the team or if it's Bubba would be to take an experienced driver take a Kurt Bush or take a Matty D and put him in a second mm-hmm. car and if that guy goes out there and runs well and you don't then it's the driver but if he goes out there and runs like you know and, and Bubba's had some 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 better runs sure. uh, but but you know uh, and you, that, that's when you know you, that's one way of knowing so you know that may be what they have to do is put an experienced driver in a second car and say okay let's find out if it's the team or is it what is it the is it Bubba
0: um, right well and the other thing too is is everything is going to change next year with the next gen car i mean the, the entire dynamic of the sport when every time right. we've implemented a new generation of race car uh it it, it levels the playing field it, it shakes things up a little bit so i think as far as driver talent goes especially with the the whole um agenda of this car being to streamline a lot of parts here there's not going to be as much uh, variation when it comes to uh, certain teams having that the equipment that's, you know, at a whole different level. We should see more of a level playing field. So driver talent is going to be spot, uh, a spotlight in 2022. And I think that's going to uh, show, prove a lot right. for a lot of guys. Hey, do
1: you think we've, we've seen our last surprise uh, between now and the end of the season in terms of, um, of a Cup Series? We talked about Brad Kaye. We talked mm-hmm. about what happened with uh, Chip Ganassi and Track House, with them buying him out. Um, do you think there could be another surprise on the horizon where a veteran Cup Series driver buys a Cup team? Uh, I think there could be.
0: I, I think there could be as well. I mean – we've already seen uh this isn't you know on the same lines but we've seen teams like college racing announce their expansion into the cup series uh we've already seen some moves there We the mindset of everybody right now in the field is if there's ever an opportunity to make a change or expand or try something new it's heading into this next season and so i don't know i don't i definitely don't think that we are uh up for surprises i think i think there's a could be a few more surprises on the horizon
1: for, yeah i think i think so and, and 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 this this year you talk about guys on the market but i mean so among the surprises this year we've talked about time and again you know on the positive side i think uh what we what we've seen out of hendrick motorsports my gosh what they've done with their with their college, you know they were everything you know from from alex bowman and you know and william byron and you know, and, and, and chase, but, uh, but William Byron, that, talk about him for a moment. William Byron and Rudy Fugel, they sit third in the point standings third. That's how good. I that, love that
0: team. Quietly, I love that, that combination yeah, of the
1: two of yeah, them. I mean, they they yeah. are such a great combination uh, they remind me a little bit of Jeff and Ray, Ray Everham and Jeff Gordon, and yeah. that they just they just are so good together. And they've got one win, but they're but they're consistently right there at the front every week. So I mean, how good is that team? So that says a lot. I mean, among the surprises now, among the, among the other surprises are Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that here we are, four races from starting the playoffs, and the only win from Stuart Haas Racing has come from Eric Almirola. Uh, right and that was last time out i
0: never would have put put that on the radar at all no and i think it's tough though too i will say when we sit here and we talk about both Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick not having wins at this point in the season. I do want to differentiate that. I don't those are not necessarily on the same playing field. They're not having the same kind of season because Denny Hamlin is still sitting at number 1 in the points uh, yeah. from consistency. He still is most likely unless I don't I, you know in this sport you can never guarantee anything. But right now he's 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 a sure um, guess to be getting that playoff spot based on being yeah. the, the regular season champion Um, that is if he doesn't get a win before the start of the playoffs. But Kevin on the other hand is just not had the season that we've seen from him. And I was thinking yesterday, I just, I like to think about what's, what's going on in their, in their minds. And I, I remember dad, when we shot the season finale of the pace lap over at Stuart Haas racing at the end of last season, it was right after Kevin Harvick had been eliminated from the playoffs and was not going to be competing in the championship four, and no one would have seen that coming.
1: And we
0: talked about what that does mentally for you as a driver, uh, as a crew chief, as a team overall. And now here we are, in August and he still hasn't found victory lane. I just, I, I want to know what's going on over there and where morale is as a team.
1: Well, I mean, uh, let me say this. I I, I think that I don't think there's any loss of the fire in Kevin Harvick to win. I think he's got a fire in his belly that makes him one of the one of the most competitive guys in the garage area. I don't think there's any loss of desire at all. I think he would he would win tomorrow if he could. They just haven't had speed, Jess. I mean, and yeah. here's the other thing is Rodney Childers. If if I were to name the top three crew chiefs in the sport right now, maybe the top three crew chiefs in the sport the last five years. Rodney Childers would be in that top three, no question in my mind. In my opinion, he's one of the best guys that I've seen on the box. In, you know, in the in the cut Garage area, he is smart. He is he's he was a former driver. Uh, he's a great crew chief. He's a great organizer. He's a great he's a great um, uh, um, you know leader, engineer. He does it all, and and he's calling the shots. And Harvick, you know what he can do behind the wheel, and and they don't have speed. Why do they not have speed? However. However, uh, we did see some speed out of that car uh, at uh, New Hampshire in the last race they ran, and, you know, at at Almirola won because Harvick was right there. So maybe that's – maybe they found something. I don't know. Maybe the rule changed last year with uh, the measurements they took from the rear fender skirt. Uh, that changed a lot with what Harbick and those guys were doing. And maybe that impacted them. It could have impacted them more than others because they were winning a lot. Maybe that right. was one of their, one of their whole cards and they weren't doing it. They weren't breaking the rules because there was no, at the time, there was no measurement for that in the back of the car. Well, they NASCAR mm-hmm. changed that and made that a measurement. And now, now uh, you haven't seen the speed out of the four car that you, you'd like to see, by the way. What's on your shirt there? Speaking of which, speak, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: speaking of which, I'm wearing a Kevin Harvick shirt right now actually. This is from the um from the All-Star Race uh 2 years ago when he yeah. ran the Millennial car as a proud millennial myself. I had to to purchase this t-shirt. I always say I don't wear a lot of current driver t-shirts because I, I mean I work for NASCAR. I just I don't I don't like to really sport a lot of uh I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, want to walk around yeah. wearing current I, I driver either, shirts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but um I had to get this one. It's The back of it says Bush AF, which I think is so funny. I mean, in the millennial car, like it was too good not to. And, and Kevin Harvick hasn't seen the success on track, but his, some of his paint schemes, the all-star paint scheme this year with the gravedigger car – that was cool. I yeah. mean, that oh, yeah. was one of the coolest yeah. paint schemes I've seen so far this season. So I, at least he's running some neat race cars.
1: Well, if Kevin wins this weekend, he's going to call you and want you to wear that t shirt on every episode. Now yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure. I'll be sure to do that for him. I'll be yeah. sure to tell him you're welcome.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: But hey, speaking of this weekend, we are headed to Watkins Glen, and uh, I said it at the beginning of the show, it feels like it's been ages since we've been on a racetrack as far as the the National Series go. So interestingly enough, you know, this weekend at Watkins Glen is the cutoff for the Truck Series, last race of the regular season, and this is the first time that the Truck Series has run at Watkins Glen since 2000. It's been 21 years since that series has been, which is before yeah right i did that math on my own yeah uh-huh uh before the show that was i did the math because i didn't want to have to do it now but that is before a lot of these guys were even bored <laughs> yeah so, exactly, uh, exactly
1: exactly 21 years and something i mean yeah the, and Watkins glenn is a is a road course but it's a very fast road course so you really got to be on your p's and q's because you going through the s's and going up the back straight away and going down to turn five off camber downhill right turn i mean these guys in the truck series it's going to be an adventure, uh, but but it should make for exciting racing, especially with this being the last race, the cutoff race.
0: Oh yeah, you know you talked about Watkins Glen being a fast racetrack, Dad. I know, I've driven yeah. it. Okay, yeah, you've been
1: you've been yeah, there. Yeah, I've
0: been there. I will say though, if you watch the feature, uh, if you do tune into the face lap or you catch it at the racetrack, shameless there's plug. a yeah, it's shameless plug. Sorry, I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> there is a point in the future where I am just like getting on the gas. I'm really into it. And Justin says, Well, we're going 60. So, um, and I thought I was flying. Like I thought we were yeah. at least going like a hundred, yeah. you know? And yeah, he's like, yeah. You're going 60. So calm down, speed racer. And um, <laughs> but I asked him, I said, okay, fine. So I'm going 60 and I think I'm flying through this thing. How fast are you guys going at this point? He's like, probably 140. I was like, okay. So yeah. All right. That's fine. I'll, yeah. Give
1: me another lap or two. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I was in the pace car, so I, I really didn't want to uh, risk anything there and, and go in too hard over some of those rumble strips, but through the S's, you know, you got to get yeah, on it a yeah. little bit, but I didn't well, I've seen
1: some people make some pretty incredible laps over the years at Watkins Glen and, uh, and, and Me being I, and one of
0: them, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: you being one of them, and yeah, and exactly. and in the, speaking of speaking of incredible laughs, in uh, you, uh, but 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 I remember Dale Earnhardt Sr. qualifying with a broken hmm. sternum and a broken collarbone. And I told the story, the whole story, on the Dale Jr. on the on the Dirty Mo podcast, but uh, uh, about how I was summoned to his trailer, and Richard Childress and the crew chief and Teresa were there, and they were trying, we, we were all trying to talk him out of out of racing. Because of the sternum and the collarbone, because he only had one arm, he had to drive on a road course and shift with one arm, and uh, and how he ended up saying, "I can do it, I can do it," and and so uh, he gets in the car. I have to run upstairs to, to call qualifying. I think It was me and Benny Parsons and Ned Jarrett, and and we're just getting ready to start qualifying, and ESPN's panicking because I'm calling the qualifying and I'm not in the booth yet. Now I could I couldn't tell them where I was because it wouldn't have been fair. And when, right. you know that i was there i was sort of summoned as a doctor uh not as a broadcaster with a, in the Earnhardt trailer but anyway uh so i got up in the booth and i did tell ned i said ned here's what happened he said you got to be kidding me i said he said how'd that turn out i said well he's he's getting ready to qualify <laughs> that's how it about to out. find out how that yeah. turned out and yeah so, <laughs> and, and dale dale earnhardt goes out there and sets a new track record one arm shifting driving now i think in reality what would happen was he was having to wait so late to shift. He was driving the car deeper in the corner and then shifting, but he set a new track record with one arm and, and then they made those t-shirts hurt so good. You know, mm-hmm. it hurts so good. And, uh, and I was so emotional calling his qualifying lap because I was so worried about him because I knew I'd been with him to the doctor, been with him to Terry Trammell and I'd seen his x-rays and his sternum was overlapped and his collarbone was snapped. And I said, if he hits anything, this could be, this could be it. It could be over. Yeah. Uh, and, um. So knowing that, and on the air call, calling it for him to sit on the pole, I couldn't wait to get off the air and get to the garage area and look at him and say, "You were trying to talk me out of driving the car." Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, and I and I, I told I, you so. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, I said, well, you know, we I said all we want to do is motivate your 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 backside, and uh, we did. But it, <laughs> it, 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 how about that for a lap?" And but, but Watkins Glen is is has uh, has been so special um, over the years. Um, you know, I got a chance to to be a part of of the television broadcast for many years on ESPN up there. I remember 2012, Marcus Ambrose, uh, one of the most likable guys you would ever want to be around the racetrack. Uh, He and Brad Kozlowski had a wild bump pushing and shoving and beating, banging last two laps, and Marcus won the race driving the nine car for Richard Petty Motorsports. How about that? And that victory lane was wild. And then two years later in 2014, A.J. Allmendinger, the dinger, uh, the dinger, the dinger, he, 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 he beat Marcus Ambrose and that was a wild final three laps. And I think, uh, I think, uh, Kurt Busch was third and some rookie named Kyle Larson finished fourth. But, um, but I mean, there's always been fabulous racing, you know, years ago, Watkins Glen was okay. It's all right. We got to go to a road course, you know, let's just get through it and be able to get out of here. Now it's one of the most exciting races of the season. And so I'm excited to go back this weekend
0: it really is. I speaking of Dinger, last time we were at Watkins Glen, uh, he was battling Austin Sendrick yep. for a win there in 2019. And that was incredibly exciting. So I'm really looking forward, forward to watching that again. But you know, you talk, you talk about Dill senior, that was in 1996 yep. that he was able to go out there and win that pole position. So I was, uh, just a child. I was a youngin. I was two, I believe yeah. when that, when that happened, yeah. but, um, Two things to me in in Reline that as someone who's broken a collarbone, myself, just putting a T shirt on is makes you wanna scream. I mean, that is I've broken yeah. a million and one bones and the collarbone was yes, one of dad's like, I am very well aware of that. Yes. You are not very coordinated. Uh, but no, well, you were a
1: good athlete, but you broke, you, you, put, you broke a lot of bones. Cause you left, you laid it on the line. I did.
0: I was a, a, a bit aggressive, if you will, but, yeah, you were. um, yeah. yeah, a broken collarbone is nothing to, to bypass. And then on top of that, you know, just for me being in the, in the car with Kaz last week, watching him handle a road course, in watching the way you have to be up on the wheel, I, I just, I, I, I genuinely cannot wrap my mind around what he was able to go do. I mean, that to me is just... It is out of this world.
1: And you remember the week before he had climbed out of the car at at the brickyard at Indianapolis and was so emotional because he said, You know, he said, he told me, so my daddy always said, Never get out of the car, never get out of your car, never get out of your car. Mm -hmm. He got out of the car and he put those sunglasses on, those gargoyles, and he just, he could see, I could see the emotion behind the sunglasses. He said, I, you know, I, I live, I live to drive. It's what I do. I live it, you know, and, and so he told, he told me later that day, he said, I'll never get out of the car again. Well, then, then we go to Watkins Glen and I get that page to meet Richard Childress and Teresa and the crew chief and Dale and Dale's bus. And we go in there and, and there, and I walk in, I'm late in the meetings. I was over in the ESPN thing and I get in there and and then Richard Childress tells me they're trying to explain to Dale how, how serious this would be if you hit something. And this is not like a turning left. This is a road course, and mm-hmm. you can get off this road course and hit hard and these speeds, and, and, and Dale, this is dangerous. Doc, tell him how dangerous it is. So I'm explaining. He knows. I mean, you know, I'm talking about the collarbone and the sternum, the breastbone. And then Dale Earnhardt looks Richard Childress in the eye, and he says, Richard, if you tell me that I'm going to – and he said it almost – you could hear his, his voice crack. And Dale said to him, said, you tell me, Richard, that if I'm going to hurt this team, if I'm going to hurt you and this team by being in this car, I'll get out. And Richard just dropped his head and looked at him and said, how in the world? He looks at me and looks at Teresa's. How in the world am I going to tell Dale Earnhardt that you're going to hurt my car by driving my car? You're, he said, "With right. one arm, you're better than 99% of the guys in that garage area. He said, and Dale said, it's, 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 it's solved It I'm driving. You know, that's all he wanted to hear. So he walked out and Richard said... I think we just got snookered. I think we just did. <laughs> but, but he went out and proved it. He went out in the car, and he backed it up. And he not only told Richard, I can do it. Trust me, I can do it. Don't doubt me. Trust me. And he went out and he did it. And not only did he sit on the pole, he did it with a new track record. And that's what, this, right. to this day, you know, when you think of, I was thrilled to even be there. But to have been a part of the story, oh, my gosh. I mean, that's pretty doggone special.
0: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right when you say that that Watkins Glen has so many fantastic memories, and and it's almost it's ramping back up. It's been the best that we've seen it been in yeah. years in these past couple of seasons. So uh, with, with the trucks returning to the Glen this weekend for the first time in, in 21 years, cutoff race for the playoffs. It's a double header on Saturday with trucks and Xfinity. And then the cup series taking on the Glen and everybody coming back after a two week break. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a very, very entertaining weekend.
1: Do you have a favorite for the Glen? Have you, uh, for the cup series? I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs>
0: Well, Morgan actually cracked a joke yesterday. She said, uh, "I'm gonna." She said, "Yeah, right." She's funny sometimes. I'll give her that. <laughs> uh, she she cracked a joke. She said, "I love Morgan." I know. She said, "Um, hot take. I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there. My hot take before anyone else says it on the road course this weekend. I'm gonna throw out Chase Elliott." Yeah. So, yeah, hot take, Morgan. Thanks. It's yeah, like she really- wanted to throw out Chase before anybody else had an yeah. opportunity to 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 say that. So he's only won
1: seven of the last eleven road course races. Yeah, right. Landfall, uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's wins a wins at Watkins Glen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hot take for you, Morgan. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't know. I mean, it's tough yeah. anything can happen on a road course, but I think yeah. you'd be, you'd be a bit of a fool to not predict that Chase Elliott's going to have a great run this weekend. Yeah.
1: I, 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 think, I think, um, I heard someone that was asked today. So give me the give me your top three for, and someone said, Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott, Chase Elliott. But I, I think it, I think it'll be Chase Elliott. If I had a handicap, I'd say Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, um, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Bush, he's running better and better and better, and he's really good at Watkins Glen. And uh, Martin Truex, Jr. Uh, That's would what be I was right going to say, Truex. Uh, he's not bad but, on
0: road courses by any means. Yeah, he's, he's not bad. You know, course. and
1: uh, if you had to go with uh, – Logano is pretty good up there. Joey Logano is good. Remember, uh, Hamlin won, what, three years ago there, and he's yet to win. So right. another one of the Joe Gibbs guys. So uh, um, I think it's it's going to be interesting. But uh, sentimental favorite, maybe Matty D. But, uh, but wouldn't that – wouldn't that be cool? But anyway, I you know, Case Elliott, you know, Mr. Consistency, Mr. Cool, Mr. Calm, Mr. Poised, uh, uh, you're going to be hard to handle up there, uh, and and Kyle Larson will be right there with him.
0: And like I said earlier, uh, on the Xfinity side, you've got guys like Austin Sindrick, AJ Allmendinger, both incredible road course racers. I'm really excited to watch them battle it out because you know that they're both going to be a factor this weekend. And then on the truck side, I think anything's a a possibility there because as much as we've seen the dominance from from John Hunter Nemechek, he's got five wins under his belt already this season. uh, They've run two road courses, and one of those wins went to – let's see who were the other, it was Todd Gilliland was the other and uh, who was the other road course winner? I'm
1: trying to think myself, Jesse. I
0: had it, I literally had it and then I just lost it. It was what
1: what taking a few weeks off does to us. Yeah. Right. Uh,
0: Anyways, my point being is that it was not uh, John Hunter Nemechek. We've seen a lot of wins from him, but they've primarily all been on mile and a half. So, yeah. uh, the wild card factor there is, is going to be interesting. That's going to drive yeah. me nuts. I'm looking it up right now.
1: Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't count Justin Allgaier out either in the, in the Xfinity in, the, in the, on the road. Oh, absolutely. He's really, he's really good up there, you know, in yeah, roads,
0: went on the Daytona yeah. road course. Yep, Right. right. yep. So, I don't know yeah. both those guys are already already obviously with those wins locked into the playoffs. So I think there's uh, As far as aggression goes. There's also a couple of guys that are looking to maybe solidify a spot that are going to go out there and and Get on it this weekend. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm so glad that NASCAR is back racing. Uh, the Olympics have been fun, but I mean, come on, at some point I'm, I'm tired of watching table tennis and I'm ready to watch some, some racing. So, and dad, I'm so glad that we're back too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I agree. I, I, and, and I'm hoping that with, uh, I hope this little, little Delta variant that we can, that I don't get, I don't stay as too busy and we can do this and we can talk auto racing. By the way, this weekend I'm going to Nashville. Uh, I'm going to be watching, watching the, Watching the race from Watkins Glen, but I'm going to be at the inaugural uh, Big Machine uh, Nashville Grand Prix, Music City Grand Prix for the IndyCar Series. Awesome. At 2.17 mile race course through downtown uh, Nashville, Tennessee, down Broadway. They're going to run across the Korean War Veterans Memorial Bridge. uh, Mm -hmm. And think about that they're going to be running across the Cumberland River. The IndyCar is going over the Cumberland River, and they get to turn nine, and turn nine is so wide. Uh, Tony Kotman who designed it, he's sort of the Pete Pete Dye of of, of designing IndyCar racetracks. He said he thinks they can run five wide in turn nine. Wow! Now think about that. Coming over that bridge, you come coming along uh five nine, five wide turn nine, uh, and 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 everywhere on the everywhere around Nashville. Get this. Obviously, you can tell by the by the name of the of the big machine. And they're obviously in the country. music <laughs> yeah. it. They're going to be stages set up all along. There'll be there'll be big stages for the big concerts every evening will be a big concert brooks and dunn are there friday night on one of the big stages they got small stages set up all around uh after the race is over at seven o'clock central time or eight o'clock central eastern time on sunday night the big stage is going to be live for the grand old opry uh, they it'll it's making history they've never had the grand old opry anywhere but 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 that. the ryman auditorium or the opry house there and now they're going to have it for the first time ever outdoors on that grand stage in front of, what, 70,000 people that'll be there uh, for the part of the Grand Prix. So how cool is that? They've got so many music acts going on all weekend.
0: If you're a country music fan or even just uh, someone that can appreciate music, especially country music, you know – how big that is. That is insane. Dad, I'm so excited for you. I'm so jealous though. I know a couple weeks ago, I told you I'm already committed to being at the Madhouse this Saturday and I'm thrilled about it, but I was like, can I come? I'll just, I'll I'll carry (laughs) your your pens around or something. I'll I'll go get you water when you need it. I'll be your personal assistant for the weekend. Just put me to work and give me an excuse to be there because I just, I love Nashville and I think that's going to be awesome. And having been in Nashville, I was fortunate enough to be in Nashville for, uh, NASCAR's return to Nashville Super Speedway a few months ago right um right. having been there and seeing the way that the town came out in support of NASCAR and and just all of the signage yes. and the fans and the there was the whole the whole feel the ambiance the the environment was just alive for motorsports and so I'm oh, really looking forward to seeing how how much they're in support of watching this this yeah. road this I, I can't wait
1: this some of my good friends some of the people I've known a long time are in Morgan involved as major investors in this race so i wanted to be successful for them um i, I really want to, And a couple of them went over today and we're on the racetrack and i text one of them and he said we're driving the track now for the first time but they had to assemble the track with the concrete and all the retaining all the retaining mm-hmm. fences and stuff he said it's it is unbelievable i said i can't wait to see it doc i can't wait to get there you know, tomorrow uh to be able to see what's going on and and, and they've got the They've got the stadium truck series, the Robbie Gordon stadium trucks. They're going to be jumping the ramps, you know, in the air. They've got Trans Am. They've got all different series kinds of racing on top of the IndyCar, car, all the country music. Um, and all the venues at night, they're going to be going wild. I mean, and we've already seen, as you said, that the, the, the national super speedway had the race there, the cup race there, uh, mm-hmm. a, a month ago, uh, the SRX series was there at, at, the, yeah, fairgrounds, at like the fairgrounds house there and, cha- they said and that
0: was the biggest crowd they've seen at the, fa- at the fairgrounds yeah. How potentially cool is that? ever.
1: And Chase I mean, Elliott, Chase Elliott passes Bill Elliott. How? I mean, oh. I, I, I don't care who. If, I mean, Bill Elliott and Chase Elliott on the same short track, and Chase passes dad and and holds off and gets the win. I mean, how cool is that for SRX? I'm happy for those guys for Tony Stewart and, and Ray Evernham. And now the IndyCar race, and then and then obviously down the road. They're trying to, to really resurrect the, the fairgrounds and put a lot of money into it. Marcus Smith mm-hmm. put a lot of money into it. I've heard about some of the plans from some people, um, and that's going to be so exciting. So, I mean, so many great things in motorsports happening in Nashville.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I'm I'm excited for you as jealous as I am. It's going to be awesome. I'm very excited for you. Uh, it's just it's going to be a great weekend. I'm, like you said, I'm hoping that the IndyCar run goes as well as the SRX run did for them because yeah, you could yeah. not have written up a better story than than what we saw in that series. And
1: I'm jealous of you being at the Madhouse on Saturday <laughs> night, so that's going to be that's that's wild. I mean, there won't there won't be any there won't be any tempers flaring there at the Madhouse. Oh no, oh, no. Everyone God, is no.
0: very calm at the Madhouse fans <laughs> and dry. Drivers included yes yeah, exactly. uh yeah there's there's never any aggression over there so i'm i'm looking forward to it as much as i'm looking forward to running up and down those uh, stadiums as well
1: yeah exactly jess <laughs> well great to be well, back jess
0: feels so good to be back thank you guys for listening and thank you for welcoming us back uh i'm, I'm assuming you welcomed us back uh, we might hear about it on twitter from from some of our friends <laughs> but uh in the meantime um we appreciate you giving us a little bit of a break to get our lives together as much as possible but we're so happy to be back and and bringing you all the racing content that we can and with that that is episode unsure what number we're on of Rolling (laughs) with the Punches. Um, You can always watch us on YouTube if you are like my mom and you'd love to see our smiling faces every week but if not you can catch us as a podcast on pretty much any podcast platform that you uh, get your podcasts from. So that's iTunes, that's Spotify. That's just about everything. So thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you more than you know, dad. It's been fun. I love you so much.
1: Love you too, sweetie.